an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Getting you ready for the day in sport. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line, week 18 in the NFL. Sounds weird. Feels good, though. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. We head out to Jersey. What's cracking at the Borgata, my man, Michael Lombardi? Well, a lot of ice is cracking, Patrick. It's a cold one, my man. You know, it's a cold one. It, it's 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 cracking here. Hey, wait, wait, you know, wait! Now you guys got a you got you got the blizzard earlier. Are we getting more? Are you getting dumped on on the island there? Well, we got we got snow. We got 14 inches on Monday. Then we got another six inches on Friday, and now it's about 25 degrees right now. So it's a little nippy out there. It's you know it's 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 not for the faint of heart, you know. But hey. You know, as the great Bill Berman would say, it is winter. It is so winter. We have to, Bill it is, is right. winter. So, you know, so, I mean, like, you know, what are we, you know, it's not going to be tropical here. We don't have palm trees in the great state of New Jersey. So it is winter. So, so Millie left, bailed on you down to Carolina right in time. She got out before the snow came and she left no you doubt. there with Bella and the dogs. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and you know it's it's not been an easy go, Patrick. It's not been an easy go. <laughs> I hear you, Bachelor. Bella in the Bachelor continues. Well, listen, we've got a week eighteen. Essentially, what it comes down to, we've got seven teams vying for three spots. So we'll get into it. It's nice to have a, a Saturday NFL football, it, regardless oh. if the implications are on. You know, as far as Dallas and Philly and Casey, Denver, we'll get to the implications. It's just nice to have the games. It really is. It's nice to have football on Saturday this time of the year, especially at most of the Northeast and most of the country. It's so damn cold that where are you going to go anyway? Right. And, and it gets dark at 5 o'clock, so why not tune into a little football and enjoy yourself? I, I think that's great. It's just, I think it's, I was talking to some people this today that came up to, to talk about our show and, and watching our network, and it's just really, I think, the most difficult weekend of the week of the year. Trying to gauge the intangibles, and as, as you've eloquently said all week long that teams that have nothing to play for you know still cover 63 percent of the time yep and you know but you know all those numbers are relevant but we got to factor in COVID. we got to factor in some other things that make it hard and you, we know the lines are pumped up for this but even at 16 points do you trust Jacksonville? I don't. I know they haven't. I, you know, I keep coming back to that. Like, I don't trust them. Hey, you them. teased like, them up last week in New England, right? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. I was the one. Well, you know, I mean, look, they can't, you know, it, it, no, but no, New England's not 16 points better than them. No. I was right. I was completely right. They were, they were 40 points better, you know? 
<laughs> well, it is increased uncertainty. We, it's, it's sit, start, motivation, but this year you had COVID, obviously, along with last year. So we'll get to all the factors that go into the matchups in Week 18. A little tease, we may or may not have picks from Michael just because of the uncertainty. Before we get well, to the I, games, go, please go I, ahead. I, will, I, will, I won't back down. Look, I'm not going to be a wimp and say I don't want to oh, bet this you. week because it's too – I mean, I'm going to have some picks. I mean, I'm going to suck it up and do it. I, I don't love it, but I'm going to do it. We will have extensive coverage of the national championship game, of course, today, tomorrow, and then into Monday on the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network. I want to get to the NFL. Just quickly want to let you know, overnight into the morning, we lost the three. We've come down to Georgia two and a half, Michael. And yeah. I, I got a book reporting offshore, too. So the two and a half is 110. That's the standard vigorish. We were three. That number opened two and a half, went immediately to three and stayed there, froze. And then overnight it came down. I don't know what's going on, but I just want to let you know that that number came off the three. You know, it's funny because at six, it was six and a half the first game. And now it opened up at just half of that, 50% of that or less. And now it's starting to move back to Alabama again. And, you know, and I was talking to a, uh, someone here uh, at the Borgata, and we were talking about this game specifically. And, and I had tipped him off about Alabama in the six before, and he played that and won. And so now he's coming back to me saying, well, you were all over Alabama the first time. Why, you know, why aren't you on Alabama this time? And my, my problem with this is I just think the second time you play a team after they declared what they are going to do, you have a better chance of defending it. You've got time and place. And I thought Georgia's dominance against a good Michigan team was really, really important. Now, adding to that, Dan Lenning, the defense coordinator of Georgia, who's now the head coach at Oregon, how much does that affect mm -hmm. their team? And what will Todd Munkin do, the offensive coordinator of Georgia, to kind of alleviate and not take Stetson Bennett out of the game, but minimize his role in the game? I think those are fair questions, and I do think – the three, you know, at, at, at the three was a number. I kind of was leaning towards Georgia. I haven't made a firm conviction because I think it's still too early. I think we got to get to Monday. But to me, those are my concerns with taking the points in Alabama. That first off, just between you and I, that was a tremendous tease for Monday. And then secondly. SEC championship game on December 4th. That was a mismatch, but a complete repeat of that performance seems unlikely for Georgia. Particularly, they lost turnovers, they lost in the red zone, they lost on third downs. It's not going to happen again, the three of them. So again, adjustments will be made in Indianapolis. A complete repeat is not going to happen here. Right, and so that Georgia, you know, so we know that Cincinnati played well in the secondary. We know that Bryce uh, Young didn't really have his best day against Cincinnati. Pressure up front, yep. right? You know, didn't really, you know, didn't make enough play. But the running game, clearly the running game was the difference in the game. But we don't think, or I don't think, that the running game is going to be the difference against this Georgia front. No. I mean, you talk to anybody in the National Football League, and they're telling you Georgia has, you know, 14, 18 guys that are going to be playing in the NFL next year. You know, and so, like, at some point, when does that all come to fruition? So, to me, it's now you've recognized the plan. You understand where they're coming from. Now you adjust your plan with a month of preparation and try to deviate that. What answer does Bill O'Brien have? What answer does Doug Marone have to alienate this? They lost their starting right guard, had to put a freshman in against Cincinnati. Does that impact the game? I think some of these things do, and I think that 
the, the chess match is where I'm having the hardest time leaning towards Alabama because I want to give Georgia some of the credit in terms of making the adjustments. And you're getting Stetson Bennett at his apex. My goodness, was he great. Does he have one? Does he have well, one? Hey, hey you, you be nice to Stetson. That's a walk. And he did play great in the, in the semis. So like, No doubt. But Bryce Young is a future number one overall pick. And like you said, they're going to have to sling it to win it. And here's the thing, Cincinnati played really, really well and they got blown out. That's one thing I want to yeah. caution everyone. You know, and you didn't love Bryce Young's performance in the semis and they still covered that big number. So again, let's keep this in. That's, that's Saban coming off a rest and this is also Saban coming off a rest. Yeah, and, and look, uh, look, I think this is one of Saban's best coaching jobs that he's done in his career at Alabama because I'm not sure he's as talented as he's been in the past. Now, certainly offensively with the skill players, he doesn't have Meacham, but as, as we said last week, whoever his backups are, like we learned in the Ohio State game, right? Everybody was crying about all these kids yeah. not playing at Ohio State. Next thing you know, they got two receivers just as good as the ones that are leaving, right? <laughs> so we know that. Uh, but I, I do think his defense, to me, what we have said all year long about Alabama is their defense isn't as dominant as we're used to seeing. And now that Georgia's had a chance to understand how they want to play them, they make the adjustment within the game and see what they can do. I, again, you know, I'm double-talking myself here because I am the big don't bet, don't bet with Stetson Bennett, bet against them. So that's where I'm having my biggest issue. <laughs> Poor Stetson. He did play well. well I, I, I mean, my whole theory is this, Patrick. Like, you're not going to beat Alabama with a mailman. You're not going to beat Nick Saban with a mailman. All due respect to the great mailman. My man Billy, who brings the mail every day and the dogs scream at him left and right, love my man Billy. There's no better mailman than Billy. I appreciate having him. However, he's not beating Alabama. You know, he, can, he, gets up my, he gets up my steps and puts the mail in, but that's about all he's going to do. <laughs> did you, wait, did you just compare Billy the mailman to Stetson Bennett? To start well, the I show call, here, yeah, nine minutes yeah, in? I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean he execute, Billy executes his job perfectly, he right? Okay, and so does Stetson Bennett. But if you need more out of Billy, he don't have any more to give you. That's my point. <laughs> in three, in three, in three years, that one got me. That, I think Billy and Stetson combined and comparing those two is an analogy. Um, did you give Billy a tip for the holidays? Let's be only can only uh, by law I can only give him twenty dollars. I did give him twenty dollars, okay, but I can only give him. You can only give a, a, a employee twenty dollars. I mean, and you can't give him a gift. So I gave him 20 bucks. <laughs> Billy's always on time. Um, okay, so plenty more when it comes to the national. It's one thing I will say. I'm sure you're, you're excited about this. You saw Georgia's talent matches Alabama's. So there's, there is better. no discrepancy. It's better. It's, it's better. definitely better. They got more. On they defense have more. Up front. Yeah, there's no doubt they have more. And their offensive line is better than Alabama's, you know? And Fair. all those people that all – I mean, they were at one time a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. That didn't move. That line didn't really move. That line never came back to Alabama. It closed, I think, at six-and-a-half. So, you know, now we're letting that one game and then this other game – to me, I think we're getting a little bit too carried away with ourselves. However – you know, don't overestimate Nick Saban. I mean, he's you know when he has time to prepare for a game, he's really good. And how much is Dan Lanning is it going to affect him by him having to do two jobs: the Oregon head coaching job along with the, setting a game plan up to beat Alabama? Oh, because that is time-consuming. Trying to get an, uh, the program all the way in the Northwest, trying to get the recruiting and the particulars, and that is that's time-consuming. That has yeah, to take is. your attention. It has to, right? It, it's got to be a distraction. It's very hard to multitask with that, in, with that information.
Um, by the way, did you, and when we come back, we'll get into, dive right into the matchups today in, in the NFL. Did you ever watch the Belichick Saban documentary, which was oh, yeah. a 10 out of 10? Yeah, no doubt it was. I mean, and, and I lived it. I didn't have to watch it, but I lived it. I mean, I remember the day we hired Nick when he came in as the head coach of the University of Toledo. It was the first guy Bill was going to hire, and he hired him. Nick left the head coaching job, did a really good job at Toledo to take the defensive coordinator job just literally east of Toledo and came in. So, yeah, I've got with, tremendous stories with Nick and experience with him. It's great. Okay, Michael Lombardi, Casey, Denver, what's on the line for Kansas City? We'll let you know where the motivation stands. Also, Dallas and Philly, fascinating. Who's going to play? Who won't play? We'll find out coming back. we got a fired up hoodied Michael Lombardi. What's the name of the mailman? I want to give him one more shout-out. Billy. 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 My man, Billy. Always Billy, on yeah. time. Lombardi Always line. On Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Bet MGM King of Sportsbooks, but I want to tell you about First Bet. And again, new customers get $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus when you use the promo code Vegas1000 over at Express Bet right now. So make sure you check it out. I also have Jeff Siegel's picks today. Here are the picks from Mr. Siegel. All right, Santa Anita, race eight. He likes the three horse, big switch, nine to five, morning line. Big switch, a good horse, by the way. And also, Santa Anita, race nine. He has seven horse, Kitty Catania on top at three to one. You can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred betting app of VSIN. Sign up and use the app. Vegas1000 is the code. Go to vsin.com slash horses. For details, that's vcin.com slash horses. Okay, we got the crew, Stephen Bond here, Kevin, Michael Lombardi there, and a snowy, it's a snow globe at the Borgata in New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here at the Borgata. By the way, I again, I came into, I pulled into the parking lot today at the South Point. There isn't a parking spot open. Where do the degenerates, and I say that lovingly, where do these people come from, Michael? What are they doing no at 7 in the no morning idea. on a Saturday morning? 
I have no idea. We I mean, love them. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I go walk through this casino here, and they're, they're already the horse. They're all filled up in the horsing room, the horsing room, or the, or the <laughs> what, is it? what do we call it? No, that? that's what we're going to call it from now on. It is the horsing, the horsing room. room. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're already filled up in there. The off track, whatever that is. So yeah, I mean it's amazing. I, I love the passion. You know, New York today the opens up DraftKings app in New York is available. That's awesome too, right? Yep. So this is. I think we're filing. We finally have come to where people recognize sports betting is somewhat similar to the market, somewhat similar to stocks. And, and today, more than ever, as we talk about these two games, I think if you're going to put some money on teams, bet on good coaches in this, in this weekend. Yeah, that's your theme, and I, and I like the theme. We're going to carry that into today and then obviously into tomorrow. Let me quickly set this up for you. We're going to start with the late game today, Dallas at Philly near you, Michael. Open four. Dallas is now laying three and a half for four. Let me explain quickly what Dallas has on the line here. 11-5, and five, they're 5-0 and oh in division this year. They've been a tremendous in division and in conference. But here's the deal. They're going to host a wild card game no matter what. They're currently sitting the four seed. It's probably where they're going to finish to jump up the three they would need the rams and the cards to lose this weekend my assumption is you don't believe that's going to happen to jump all the way up to two they need the rams the cards but also the bucks to lose so they're going to be hosting either the rams or the cardinals regardless that would be my assumption at at the four seed not a ton right. to play for the eagles quickly michael they're going to be the seven seed and they need the Saints and the 49ers to lose to get up to six, which really doesn't change much for them. What I'm telling you is not a ton of motivation, motivation to stay healthy for both the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah, and, and both teams have been saying they're going to play their guys, right? But Dallas is hurt. We know Pollard's not going to play. Diggs isn't going to play, right? And so Anthony Brown's on COVID. So Diggs and Brown are their starting corners, and they're both not going to play, which I think is part of the reason why we're seeing this line move to Philadelphia because of that. You know, I think that that's really what's going on. And even though I think Philly may say, okay, hurts his ankle, let's rest him. They bring in Gardner Minshew, and the next thing you know, Gardner Minshew's a lot better. Right. You know, we know Dallas doesn't have – also – I have not seen it. Maybe I've missed it this morning. I looked all over, but I did not see this. the Cowboys activate uh, Parsons with COVID, Anthony Brown with COVID, and Tyron Smith with COVID. No, so right. I, I haven't seen that activation yet. So uh, to go along with Pollard, to go along with 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 uh, with with uh, Diggs, and in, in because of the injuries, this seems like they've lost a lot of players over this time. And how much will they be? able to offset those those liabilities. I mean, look, this Cowboy defense is the number one defense in the National Football League. They're very good at creating turnovers. With Gregory Parsons, along with along with Demarcus Lawrence, they present a real problem to most teams. But this team, Philadelphia, has changed dramatically from when they played the first time. They're no longer a cover two, deep cover two zone team. Uh, they, they rely on a little bit different coverages. They still play the cover two. But it's a different game, and, and I think that it's going to be more of a challenge for the Cowboy offense, which hasn't really been lighting it up. Great job. I want to lead you into that. Let's start. Let's stay with the Cowboys. I'm going to start with defense, as you just mentioned. They've had turnover luck. Are they opportunistic? Now, you mentioned Dan Quinn kind of getting away from that cover three, that old school. Are they opportunistic, or is this a championship defense, the Cowboys? Well, I think it's a hard defense to block, right, which makes you a championship defense. I mean, what makes defense great physicality and unblockability? 
Those are the two characteristics that make a defense great, right? And and they are very physical. Their front's very physical. Their defensive line coach has done a wonderful job of creating control of the line of scrimmage with their ability to use their power. And then secondly, they have great speed. They have the ability to run and make plays and they can pressure the quarterback. And typically, they turn the ball over. Last week against the Cardinals, they did not force a turnover. And that cost them. The prior, That's right. the prior four weeks, they had 14 turnovers. So this is a really good defense that relies on their ability to create. They're very hard to block. And without Parsons in the game, now all of a sudden Gregory might get doubled or Lawrence gets doubled. When you have three of them in the game attacking your pocket – it's a real challenge to block them one-on-one. Okay, Michael, take a look at your monitor. I'm going to roll Mike McCarthy talking about a guy you may have heard of, Micah Parsons here. Let's go ahead and roll it. Micah will not play in the game. Uh, that, that's clear. He, he will not make the trip to, to Philadelphia. And obviously, you know, I think, you know, the impact that he's, he's made is, is very evident. Uh, but, you know, like anything, this is, this is opportunities for others. And, you know, I, I know, you know, our guys – you know, once once the 48 is declared, um, you know they'll be ready to go. And, and you know, like anything, this league, it's all about opportunities. And um, so, you know, we'll we'll go to whatever direction we need to go. Okay, Micah Parsons. Let's start with the impact on the game. That I want to talk bigger picture today as a better. No Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. Well, no Micah Parsons, and then flavor in no Anthony Brown. Then flavor in no Diggs. You've lost your best rusher, and you've lost your two starting corners. That's a hard thing to it's overcome. Huge. I mean, that's really hard to overcome, and I think we're seeing that with the line coming down. You know, and Philly's going to run the football, and Dan Quinn's ability to adjust and maneuver his defensive front because of all the injuries is limited as well. So I think this is why the line opened at seven. It immediately shot down to four and a half. I think there's a lot of interest. Now it's at four here in the Philadelphia book. Surprisingly, it's still at four here. I would think it would go to three and a half before it's all said and done. Okay, Michael, there, there, there are names that are beyond reproach. Lawrence Taylor, you know nobody will ever touch Lawrence Taylor, Reggie nobody. White, Buck Kiss, all these. But Parsons as a rookie, he's not just a defensive rookie of the year. He, he's potentially defensive player of the year. He probably won't get it. But just your thoughts overall on his impact and him sliding there in the draft. Well, I think his versatility is really what makes him so unique, right? His ability to play on two levels linebacker and blitz the pocket, defensive end and rush. Those are rare qualities to have. Carl Mecklenburg comes to mind. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he was really good at doing mm. that. Taylor, obviously, could rush from any point on the field. I'm not comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. No. There was no one, there's no one in the history of football as dominant as Lawrence Taylor. You have to watch him to truly appreciate him. But Parsons within the scheme, and give Dan Quinn credit, give Dan Quinn credit for adapting his scheme to fit the talents of the players, you know, is really good. But I would say this, as great as Parsons is this year, and I think T.J. Watt wins the defensive player of the year because of all the sacks on a bad team. Let me side note here. T.J. Watt getting 21 and a half sacks on a team that never plays with the lead is damn near remarkable. He's a monster. He, he, I mean, he it's is remarkable, right? It, it's remarkable to do that, right? I mean, so let's just put that aside. Parsons, you know, when Parsons is on the field with Gregory, who's outstanding, outstanding, yes. and then you add him with Lawrence, all of a sudden you've got three really good blockers that are hard, three really good players that are hard to block, run or pass. You know, and then you add in some of these other defensive linemen who have done a really good job for them, and the Cowboys' front is formidable. 
Okay, now we shift to the, the offense. It's a top 10 unit. Michael, the second half of the season, the Cowboys haven't been. You look at any statistic, I was dive, diving through them, and the rush attack really kind of seems to be their bugaboo in the second half, which predicates the pass there. Yeah, I mean, look, they haven't been able. Elliott hasn't been healthy. He's wearing a knee brace now. They think that's helped him a little bit. We know Pollard's not going to play today, and I think that hurts them. You know, Pollard has been a guy that really took the league by storm because of his explosiveness and his big play, but he's not a great pass protector. That's one of the deficiencies yeah. in his game. He's got to really improve on that. But last week against Arizona, they couldn't run the ball. They had 45 yards rushing. They couldn't run the ball against an Arizona team that we've seen Green Bay go into Arizona and run the ball. We saw that the Indianapolis Colts be able to run the football on Arizona. We've seen teams run on Arizona. The Cowboys couldn't do it. So I think that that's got to be a little bit of a concern. It affects their balance. And I think sometimes when you watch Dallas, their execution isn't as precise. You know, I mean, they're not able to be on the same page on a lot of different things. And I think that hurts them. Now, today they won't have Smith, the left tackle. We were talking about maybe Steele. I think Steele's injured because we're talking about the back. The third string left tackle is also on COVID. So that offensive line, particularly at the tackle position today going into Philadelphia, is a little bit of a concern. Are the Cowboys a championship contender? They're your sixth betting favorite right now to win a championship 11 to 1. I would say, Patrick, all these 14 teams that get in are all championship contenders. Wide open. I don't think they're. It's wide open. I. Tremendous breakdown. We've got our boy, old boy Carl Johnson next. Then Love I got to get into the Eagles. I got I got a couple of things to throw at you with this Eagles team. They may be Fugazi. Wait, what? We'll find out. We're coming back. Carl Johnson next here at Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the Lombardi Line, wherever you find your podcast, you can find now the Lombardi Line. We're thrilled to have it out there. And the most asked question that I get all the time is Does VSIN have podcasts? Do we? Hell yeah, we do. We've got them all podcasted every show. VSIN.com slash podcast. Whether you're looking for the Lombardi line or beating the book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights, Josh Applebaum, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, all the NBA with JVT. Follow the money, coast to coast hoops, and more. Just go to VSIN.com slash podcast. Again, it's all there. VSIN.com slash podcast. Okay, by the way, did you hear? We're going to bring Carl in. Did you hear Michael Lombardi? The And this was from Stephen Bond. The Cowboys have rented out the Omni. In Philly, they've basically taken over a hotel to keep safe from COVID and kind of keep everybody yeah. quarantined. It's probably, it sounds like a place you'd stay at, you and Millie, the Omni. Do you know of this joint? I think it's right on Broad Street. I do. I think it's right in Center City. Yeah, I, I do know of it. I don't, I've never stayed there or been there, but I, do, I think that's quite where it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right, Patrick? I mean, you know you got to play next week, right? You know you got a game oh, next yeah. Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, so you got to be careful. I mean, you don't want to. You know, this is the, you can't afford to lose a Micah Prussians or a Lawrence or a Gregory for next week's game. You can afford to lose them this week because you're already in, but next week you can't. No. And by the way, he should change his name to Makai. Like that, that's, that's coming. D- Makai, <laughs> Makai Parsons. I love Micah. Micah, I got it. I got it. I'll get that. I'll get I, that right. I love it. I'll, I'll well, work on that. You know, you know our next guest's name, old boy Carl Johnson there at the Beau Ravage. Carl, how you doing? How you feeling on this Saturday? Hey, good morning. Yeah, we feel good. How you guys doing? You look great. You know, Mike. Michael looks like he's a boxing trainer. He looks like he's ready to go a few rounds. I love <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm getting beat up, Carl, at home. I'm not doing very well. I'm barely struggling along. You know, I mean, I'm in a twilight of a very mediocre career at home. I'm just struggling <laughs> no, no, along. No, that's that's false. Now we were we were talking, Carl. I went to bed. National championship game was three. Woke up, it's two and a half. Is that the same there at the Bull Rivage down in Biloxi? Yeah, we touched three briefly also, but yeah, we're at uh, we're at two and a half and fifty two. Yeah. Now, Carl, let me ask, is your book a Georgia book? I mean, you got more Alabama or more Georgia people that come into the book? Uh, you know, it, it's it's a real good mix. I mean, uh, you know, we're gonna we're probably gonna have a balanced crowd. You know, half Georgia, half Alabama. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we just happen to be right uh, right in the spot where we get you know those guests from all those areas. We get a lot of Georgia people here, but. You know, Alabama, I would say we have more Alabama guests than Georgia. So this line isn't shifting one way or the other because of an onslaught of Alabama. This is pretty balanced betting on both sides is what really what the genesis of my question was, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is balanced. And, and, and look, so one of the things that you got to kind of realize uh, for this particular game is that, uh, you know, the company as a whole has a lot of uh, – has a lot of liability with Georgia to win the national championship. So, you know, that when that line first came out, it didn't surprise me because, um, you know, I think that they want to try to get some of that Alabama money. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, uh, you're giving Saban a, a couple of points, uh, but they're trying to, to limit that liability on Georgia winning the national championship a little bit. And of course, Patrick, that's a great point. Yes, that's it a is. great. We don't we don't talk about that enough. That's an awesome point because there is those tickets, Carl. Right? That that Futures. people have bet that exactly. Go ahead, Patrick. No, you please, no, you, you know no, you nailed it. it. No, I, you know I, it better than no, me. I mean. I, talk, I think that's really a great point. But the, but that's the big yeah. picture that the book's working with. To Michael's point and Carl's point is the futures market. So once you get to this point, you've got a lot leading up to it, Carl. Yeah, that's that's right. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that a lot. Of, a lot of people this time of the year, they'll look at a line and they'll go, well, wow, why is that like that? And and really it boils down mm -hmm. to, you know, some of the liability that we have on the futures and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's great. And it's a, a good nugget. Now, here's what the audience really wants to know. Carl Johnson, we want to know what you're going to play. When you leave the Beau Rivage and go make a play on the national championship game, what, what way are you leaning? You know what? Look, you, you guys know I, I've been on Georgia the whole year. I, I think they're the most talented team. But, you, you know, I think the greatest coach in college football is also Nick Saban. I mean, what he's been able to do is just absolutely remarkable. Now you're going to give him two and a half, three points. You know, on the money line, he's plus $1.20. Uh, I'm not betting against Saban. Uh, if I bet the game, I'm going to take Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue, you know, that the logic of that. I mean, you give Nick Saban time to prepare. He's got continuity in his staff, right? You know, I know Billy O'Brien might interview in Jacksonville and all that, but, I mean, in, in terms of preparing for this game, he's got continuity. Kirby's trying to deal with all this. But I do think Kirby gains an advantage in the sense that, look, you know, we, we thought we were hot shots going into this game, and they punched us right in the mouth. Where's our response to their punch? I think that's a great motivating tool for any coach. I think that's well put. Yeah. It, and, and, please, uh, Carl. Uh, uh, one of the things I noticed, and Mike would, you know, I, look, I'm a, I'm a bookmaker. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't get into that side of it. But one of the interesting comments I heard Kirby Smart say 
when he was walking off the field in his interview last game was that Saban had a six-hour lead on him. You know, is that is that six hours? <laughs> or you know, I mean, I, to, at that level, I would imagine that that six hours means something. But it was just incredible, uh, you know, the little small detail that he's thinking that. Well, I think what he was saying with that is his, is his adjustments to the – he didn't adjust quick enough to the game that he had a better game plan than he did and he didn't adjust it. And I think that's the key. That's my whole point about really leaning towards the mailman in Georgia because I think I think that, that J- Nick doesn't have another card to play. He can't alter what he already did. He's already declared, this is how I want to play Georgia. Now you got to out-execute Georgia. That's going to be the hardest part. Yeah, and to Carl's point, what Kirby also was saying is like, Michael, you know, every second is scheduled. These are micromanagers that need, they they just, they're exhausting with their work ethic. And he's like, wait, Nick just got a six hour head start on me? That's not good. Anyway, the, um, How's the hand? Michael noted yesterday that the handle wasn't really adding up for week 18 in the NFL ahead of schedule. How's the handle there at the Beau Rivage with the uncertainty? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I talked to our, our risk manager yesterday. You know, look, this is a, this is a tough week for risk managers and traders. I mean, we, we basically held a lot of stuff back uh, later than what we would normally do it because of the, you know, the who's playing, who's not playing, what means whatever. Uh, it, it, this is a really tough week. And, you know, the goal here is to not necessarily, from what I'm told, they just want to survive the week. I mean, we, we've got, uh, you know, my particular book, we got beat up pretty good the last 10 days. So they're just trying to survive this week, get to the playoffs. Uh, that's that's their game plan. The the handle is a little bit down, uh, but we've got uh, you know we've got a couple of, of big bets on this uh, college game, you know, to balance it out. But uh, yeah, the NFL stuff, uh, people just don't know quite who's playing and what yet. I think the uncertainty does it, but today we we seem to be going. Where are you today in the in the early game, Kansas City and Denver? Yeah, so uh, uh, we opened at nine and a half, forty-three and a half, uh, and right now we're at Kansas City ten and a half, forty-five, uh, and they're getting, uh, you know, they're getting the tickets and the money. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. How about the late one, Dallas and Philly? I got it here, kind of between three and a half and four. Carl, how about the Beau Rivage? Yeah, we're at four and forty-four and a half right now. I think we opened this around seven. Maybe six and a half and forty one and a half. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you know, of course, they always bet Dallas. I think Dallas is getting about fifty five percent of the bets and probably about sixty five percent of the money. The big, yeah. hey Michael, the biggest number on the board. I'm curious. You're seeing the same thing, right? Buffalo laying seventeen. I guess New England is. No, that number's come down. Fifteen That's Indianapolis. Six. What, what's the biggest number there at the Beau Rivage? Is it Buffalo with the Jets in town? Yeah, it's uh, right now it's Buffalo at 16 and a half and 40 and a half. Uh, the Indianapolis uh, game is at 15 and a half and 44. So, yeah, that's two pretty good size favorites. Those are big right numbers. There. Those are big numbers, Michael. Yeah, yeah, those are huge numbers. I mean, but look, last week I was I put my foot in my mouth. Well, you know, this can't happen. But look, I, I mean, look, here's what I'm worried about for the, that Buffalo number. That's a lot of points when it's going to be 32 degrees snow with 16-mile-an-hour winds. 
Like, I, I mean, real? How does how does that happen? I mean, that's a hard. That's a. I mean, I would lean towards the Jets. I don't have any faith in the Jets. Trust me on that. I'm not recommending it. But that seems to me a lot of points in a snowy, wintry game. Uh, absolutely. That's a lot of points, and that total, you know, sixteen and a half on the spread and forty and a half on the total. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Hey, Carl, I just have 30 seconds, but I do want to note, you said for the new year, the new year's resolution was to get sexy. And I got to be honest, yeah. a weekend looks good, bro. You do. You look amazing, <laughs> Carl. You're looking great. I got to get your diet plan. You're awesome. Look, food is not part of the diet plan. I, I want to make that totally clear. I, all I'm doing is watching my beverage intake. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keep it, keep it easy on the cocktails. You can find you can find what Carl's that, up to at Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. The, the, there, there's a quote for a lifetime: "Food is not part of the diet plan." That's a quote <laughs> you is. can live with. <laughs> hey, Carl, we love you, man. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Thank Carl. You. Take care, guys. Lombardi Line continues. Sammy P next here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or shoot that, shoot that. And even checkouts not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, it is Bet MGM. It's the College Football National Championship special. So here's the deal. You bet 10 bucks, you win 200 for new customers and it's paid for in free bets. If either team, Georgia or Alabama, scores a touchdown, again, 200 bucks on a $10 investment. Can't beat that. Bonus code VSEN200. VSIN200 when you make your first bet. And also, like never before, M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. So download the app or go to MGM, betmgm.com. VSIN200 is the code. Make sure you use that, VSIN200. If you have a gambling problem, it is 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line. Our buddy Sammy P. Nesson, Fox Sports betting analyst. You can find Sammy on Twitter at SPShoot. And as we say hi to Sammy Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line. Now, you're up in... 
New England now, but I know Sam uh, by way of Chicago. So if you don't mind, I want to start with two things on the Bears. One, they're catching five and a half in Minnesota. And two, Matt Nagy, he's gone, right? I hope he's gone. By the way, thanks for having me. First time caller, long time listener. Um, <laughs> how do they bring him back? I, I just don't understand. Well, I, I wouldn't bring back the general manager, Ryan Pace, either. I think every conversation with Nagy has to also involve Pace because they're sort of tied at the hip. I mean, this organization has been able to pick two starting quarterbacks, Patrick. You go Trubisky and now Justin Fields, and obviously verdict is nowhere near confirmed on what his future looks like, but the team just never gets better over the course of a season. I know the personnel isn't great. That's Pace's fault. But the growth and the progression of the team never improves over the season. And that's on the head coach. And there's a pattern here where this team continues to not lose the good teams. They get clobbered by good teams. You know, they can beat the Lions. They can beat the Texans. But when they face really good NFL teams, they get exposed. And I think it's really a combination of both head coach and general manager. But my buddy Brad Biggs in Chicago was saying, no, oh, they're just going to kick Ryan Pace up into a cushier job and keep him. So if that's the case, somebody's got to take the fall, and it's, it's likely Nagy. You know, I, I mean, that, that's a hard one for me to believe that they're going to keep Pace, too. Because when you look at this, Pace is the architect of the team. He never drafted an offensive lineman. He wasn't able until Jenkins in the second round. He spent no early capital on offensive lineman. You know, he made the huge blunder with Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, over Deshaun Watson. So, for me, I find that hard to believe. But remember, this is a family-run operation in the Chicago Bears. And they are loyal to people that have been around a long time. And they love pace. Yeah, they do. They do. Now, well, see, go ahead, yeah. please. I was going to say, your point about family is so true, and it's so weird that in Chicago this has happened three times in the last decade or so. The Bulls wouldn't get rid of John Paxson or Gar Foreman. Like, they just kept them around forever, even though the team sucked. And with the White Sox, Kenny Williams, all Kenny Williams did was trade for over-the-hill superstars like Ken Griffey Jr., Roberto Alomar, Carl Everett. When it came time to kick Kenny upstairs, they did that. They brought in Rick Hahn, and now he has actually started to line up big prospects. So, this is not just a Bears-centric issue. It's a Chicago issue. We keep idiots around. <laughs> <laughs> now, do they post for Nagy uh, on Sunday? You know, it's essentially who's motivated, Minnesota for Zimmer or Chicago for Nagy. That's really what it comes down to. Cousins will play. It looks like it's going to be Dalton, Sam. What do you got on the five-and-a-half with Minnesota laying it? I'm taking the points. Honestly, I don't think there's a drop-off, if there even is a drop-off from Fields to Dalton, because Dalton makes less mistakes. Now, he's not as dynamic. He's not going to beat you with his legs by any means. But this is a fate of Minnesota, honestly. I mean, both teams sort of stink, but Minnesota actually had expectations. Their win total was nine. They were potentially a playoff team with that offense. Cousins, Thielen, Jefferson, Cook, the tight end group, pretty solid. But they just they fell flat. And I think that the most dangerous team to bet on in week 18 is the team that actually had hopes and expectations mm. and face planted because you know those guys are thinking about off-season vacations they're planning their cruises and golf trips and all that and and from what i can gather out of minnesota the team is pretty much shutting out mike zimmer at this point uh, minnesota is better if this game was in week 10 i wouldn't play it but because it's week 18 and minnesota's two feet out the door likely you got to solve the pride, take the points with the Bears. 
You know, I, I mean, look, if you watch the first game, the Bears dominated. I mean, Cousins had like 63 yards passing against a secondary that was basically reduced to a bunch of practice squad players because of COVID. So, like, it makes sense to take the Bears here because the last time they played, if they didn't turn the ball over and have some disastrous red zone possessions and the block punt or the bad punt, you know, the Bears could easily have won that game. Yeah. Very much so. Let's transition Nesson, where Sammy's now located there up in New England. And, you know, I guess there's a grasper here for New England. If Buffalo were to lose this weekend and New England beats Miami, they win the East. Let's discuss that game. New England, six, six and a half, kind of toggling between that key number, Sammy, at Miami. What do you got here? I played under 40, Patrick. I, I think that's the move. I also looked at some team total on Miami under uh, you can get 16 and a half at plus money if you go under there. I look at Belichick in that defense, namely that passing defense against Tua. It's not even Belichick against Tua. Like, I'm not going to get lazy and just say it's Belichick. It's the way they defend the pass in that secondary. I mean, they're built really so strong up front to put pressure in the pocket, which makes the linebackers better. It makes the secondary better. I, I don't love laying six and a half on the road per se. Um, but I, I really think this is a game script where New England gets up first, they score a touchdown on the ground, and they just turn butter, milk clock, and get out of there with a win. Um, certainly they could win by double figures, but I feel like this is probably a game that lands 20 to 13, 20 to 16, something low and slow like that. I don't like Miami to score a lot, and I don't think Belichick's going to show anything sexy. I mean, they're in the playoffs, they're not going to empty the kitchen sink. This will be a boring football game. I think under 40 is the best bet. You know, I couldn't disagree with you on that. I think that when you look at Miami's offense, I mean, what, they average 18.17. They're 30th in yards per play. The one thing that worries me about this game for the Patriots is the Patriots lie, and I've talked this over with Dominic Patrick, just so we're clear. I, I went over it with Thank him. You. That's the I camp. got him squared. Uh, no, it's the, it, but anyway, the, the linebackers for the Patriots are big, they're physical, they struggle a little bit in space, and the Miami offense is all about yards after the catch. No deep throws. Weather will be fine. Tua needs to play in perfect weather. If this game were in New England, I would not give Miami a chance because of the weather, the environment. But down there, I do think it'll be a close game, and I think it'll be a slow-paced game as both teams grind it out. Under 40 for Sammy. How about today, quickly, Dallas-Philly. Dallas right now, three and a half, four. And then KC Denver, KC's up to 10 and a half, 11 at a couple shops. A play on either, Sam? Yeah, I hate both of these games. I mean, I did take, <laughs> when I heard about some potential COVID in Dallas, I took six and a half with the Eagles. You know, Parsons got popped. Uh, Smith, the left tackle, got popped. So I grabbed the number. I, I don't love either game. I, I want to throw this at you guys. I am in such a sweat. The only thing I care about in week 18 is Mac Jones against Jamar Chase. That, that's the truth. I have a bet on Mac to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at 10-1. to 1. Mm. I made this before they cut Cam Newton. And, and I thought, Mike, I was spending that money. That money's already gone. You know what I'm saying? And, and then all of yeah. a sudden, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase catches 11 for 266 and three touchdowns, and he's minus 225, minus 250, minus 270. I really need Mac Jones to win this Offensive Rookie of the Year. What do you guys think about that market? Who do you think wins? 
You know, I would always say the quarterback's going to win, you know, because the quarterback has led this team that was 7-9 and nine last year to the playoffs. And, you know, he has been really able to demonstrate his skill as a player. You could say, well, it's the ground game with Damian Harris. No, I mean, they have a complete team, and he's done really well. Chase's emergence the last two weeks, to me, has been so dominating. But Burrow makes it all go, right? But Chase... In jump ball situations, I lean quarterback, I lean Mac Jones, but I think knowing the voters and knowing that that, that Bel- they feel Belichick is responsible and all the way this goes, I think it's going to be Chase that wins it. Uh, I, I, ten to one's a great price, by the way. I hope it's the quarterback as well. Hey, Sam, I wanted to ask you, as a Chicago kid now serving the New England and Nesson audience, what would you say the biggest difference is as far as the fan bases if you found one? Boston fans pay more attention to the details. They're, they're more brass, but they're also more researched. They do their homework. They follow these teams. Like, people follow the Red Sox in December, January, and February. Diehards. Um, their fans are very intelligent. Chicago fans, I grew up with them. They love their cold Bud Lights. They love their meatball sandwiches. But I think oftentimes they shut things down in the off season. Boston is a year-round thing, man. They don't play around up here. I think you just said Boston and New England smarter and more sophisticated than Chicago. Is uh, that fair? Go, yep. It makes sense. I mean, it's I, I I'm not one to fall back on my words. I love Chicago. It's my hometown, but there are some meatheads in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy P. I call him Sammy, you, Sammy P. because the last name Sam knows is just untenable. Nesson Fox Sports betting chicken dinner pod as well. You can find Sammy on Twitter. SP Shoot. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks, Sammy. Enjoy the meatball Anytime. parm. <laughs> the meatball parm. More sophisticated up in New England with our boy Dominic. When we come back, Philly, Bond Street, the parade. It's next here at Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.